time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. One other thing I wanted to talk about before we get to uh, what Kyle Dubas had to say uh, earlier in the week and the Sidney Crosby Appreciation Society meeting that I'd like to have to wrap things up here today. Ned. Oh, old needle nose Ned. Ned the head. Ned Ryerson. No. Alex Nedeljkovic, a.k.a. Ned. Um, Love the job he did in the final two periods and especially in the shootout on Wednesday night in Montreal. Among goalies with six starts, how about this? There are 67 goalies right now in the league who've started at least six games. So everybody's gotten their back up a decent amount of work. And in some cases, a third string goalie because of injuries has gotten a few starts as well. So 67 goaltenders in the league have gotten six starts or more this year. Of those 67 goaltenders with six or more starts, do you know who's sixth in the league with a 229 goals against average? Yes, Alex Nedeljkovic, Ned. And do you know who's first among those 67 goalies with a 935 save percentage? Yes, Alex Nedeljkovic. This guy has been a godsend for the Penguins' goaltending. And what's interesting to me is that I saw it was noted, I think, in Josh Yoey's column for The Athletic that the Pens, despite being the oldest team in the league, are 4-0 and on the second night of back-to-back situations. And they got a lot more coming. Hold on. Let me bust out the schedule, and we'll just look at how many more back-to-backs they have, okay? They've got one more before the end of the year, December 30th and 31st, right? Okay, I'm going to count now. This is me counting on my fingers. And then another one at the end of January, Florida and Montreal, both at home, though. And then how about this? Here's where the back-to-backs start to come a little heavier. You've got two in February, the 9th and 10th, and the 14th and 15th, not long after the All-Star break, okay? We're up to four now, I think. And then here we go. Here come the weekend back-to-backs because it's spring. Each weekend, each of the first three weekends in March, I should say, the Penguins play back-to-backs. On the road at Calgary and Edmonton, then away at Boston before coming home to play the Oilers, then uh, a, a back-to-back at home against the Rangers and the Red Wings. So three more just in the month of March, and then another one to start the month of April, and that will give them, let's see, so I'm doing math, 12, I think, back-to-backs this year. Good sign so far that they are 4-0 and in the second half of those back-to-backs. A big part of that? Alex Nedeljkovic, he has started three of those four second games in a back-to-back scenario. The only one he didn't start the second game of was when they flipped him because they wanted Jari to play against Toronto and Nedeljkovic against Buffalo. That didn't work out for Nedeljkovic so well. But here nor there, the reason they're 4-0 in the second half of back-to-back so far with eight more of them staring them in the face is Alex Nedeljkovic. Jari, by the way, I just noticed this as well while perusing goaltending stats as I did. Jari's 21 starts tied for third most in the league. Here's a question. Like I understand you've got 12 back-to-backs baked into the schedule. There's 12 starts right there for Alex Nedeljkovic, okay? But that leaves a healthy number of games for Tristan Jari, pardon me, to pick up. Let's cool it. Nedeljkovic is playing well. Play him a little bit more. See if he continues to play that well. 
If he doesn't, okay, we dial it back a bit. But why not alternate these guys for a while? Keep both of them fresh, especially Jari. And then look, once you get to February, maybe you want to step on the gas and play Jari a little bit more. Keeping in mind, like I said, when March rolls around, you're going to have back-to-backs on the first three weekends. You're still going to have to use Nadelkovic, but why not even things out a little bit more? This isn't a knock against Jari either. Jari's played better as of late, I think. Um, it's more about praise for Alex Nadelkovic. Play him a little bit more. Keep Jari fresh. I'd have no problem with that. Uh, so the power play looking good the last couple of games. Nadelkovic looking good on the second half of back-to-backs. What's this mean for the next 20 games? Actually, 18, I guess. Because when Kyle Dubas spoke to the media on, was it Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning? I can't remember now. It's the holidays. Everything blurs together. Anyway, it was a few days ago before the Arizona-Montreal back-to-back. Kyle Dubas spoke to the media and said, hey, I... I'm not making any rash decisions. You know, we we know things are not going well, and they weren't at that point. Four-game losing streak in hand. Um, The one thing he did say, Mike Sullivan's the right guy. Mike Sullivan's not going anywhere, and I continue to back that up. I said this on 93.7 The Fan on Wednesday night when I was on the air. Um, Mike Sullivan is not the reason this team is struggling. You know, there are a lot of people, I've worked with some of them in the past, who don't watch hockey. They just don't. And hey, if hockey's not your bag, fine. You're probably not listening to this podcast, right? It's fine. I got no problem with it. But don't pretend like you understand when a team is struggling what it may need if you don't watch that team at all, right? If you don't go to the practices, at least some of them, if you don't watch the games intently. And there would be people who would constantly, constantly, constantly bang on the head coach when this team would start to struggle. And they'd say, oh, it's got to be Sullivan. It's got to be Sullivan. It's got to be Sullivan. I've, I've stood by Sullivan the entire way. And it's because Mike Sullivan knows what needs to be done with his personnel. He knows how they need to play. They just don't listen to him sometimes. It, I swear to God, that's it. You can go back. Watch watch how they played in the wake of that five-game winning streak to start November. The, the, the few games after that where they started to hit the skids, when they lost, I think, 9 of 12 at one point, it's because they weren't doing what Sullivan wanted them to do. They played well for five games, doing what Sullivan wanted them to do. And then they thought, oh, we're back. Yeah, no, 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 no. You were back because of the way you were playing. You can't get out of those habits. They did. They got out of the habits. They lost nine to 12 or three, six to three, whatever it was. So Sullivan's not the problem. Dubas said that. What was more interesting about what Dubas had to say is that he's not making any drastic decisions personnel-wise. He's not even going to think about what this team needs at the trade deadline, which is March 8th until we get to at least the all-star break, which is the first full week of February. I'm going to bust out the schedule again here. All-star break. Yeah. All-star game is the fourth or the third. Can't remember which. First first weekend in February. And yeah, fourth. Skills competition on the third. Anyway, um, between now and then, there are 18 more games to be played. This Penguins team has been up. It has been down. It has been streaky. It has been inconsistent. It is right now 13, 12, and 3, 29 points. Just two points out of the final playoff spot, though. All of a sudden, the Caps are in that spot. How the hell did that happen? Um, And furthermore, just 
four points back of third place in the division. You can take spots two through, let me do math again, two through, I guess, five, six in the Metro right now. And it's only separated by six points. That's it. Islanders at 35. You get down to the Pens at 29. Everybody is jammed in, in the Metro. Uh, Rangers are in the lead, and they, they get a four-point cushion over the Isles. Uh, but then it's the Isles, the Fly Islanders at 35, Flyers at 33. And everybody's played 27, 28 games in the Metro. Devils, 31. Canes, 31. Pens, 29. Everybody's packed in. you got one, two, three, four, five teams there within six points of each other, and they've all played 28 games. Devils, 27, I think as of the recording of this podcast, but they're all right there, right next to each other. And I mentioned the Caps too. Okay, they got a couple games in hand. But the point is this, everybody's packed in. And even if you look at the standings and say, oh man, we're sixth in the wild card race. It's okay. You're you're only two points out on that wild card, that second wild card right now. No need to panic yet. And that's what Kyle Dubas is telling you too, saying, hey, I'm going to continue to evaluate what I have. I think everybody could see that the depth lines were not fixed by Dubas in the offseason. And, and he's owned that, right? He did the other day when he spoke. He said, hey, I put this team together. It, it's on us, me specifically, to get the personnel right. And they've still got to work on that. Now there are guys out right now, okay? That Achari, Nieto, um, guys that are important to the bottom six efforts. They've lucked into finding some guys who I think can play important parts. Pustin and finally getting an opportunity. How long have I been yelling for Valtteri Pustin to get more of an opportunity? Looks great on the power play, by the way. Um, but that's not going to last forever. Brian Rust will be back eventually, and Pustin will go to the second power play and down to a depth line. Uh, Zahorna, O'Connor, and Eller have seemed to hit their... Well, O'Connor hasn't been with that line for a couple of weeks now, uh, but seem to have ebbed more than they flowed in recent games. And so you'll have to reconfigure the bottom six. There, there's no question the stars, Crosby, Malkin, although has been inconsistent, but Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carlson, Gensel, Rust when he's healthy, are all doing what they're being asked to do, in my belief, as far as producing, producing offense, right? It's the bottom six that that haven't functioned as they should, or at least the fourth line, uh, oh, for the bulk of the season and uh, the bottom six in totality since Eller, Zahorna, O'Connor were broken up a couple weeks ago. All of this with 18 games until the All-Star break. And then following the All-Star break, from the All-Star break to the trade deadline, you've got another, let's see, 5, 8, 11, 15 games? 15 games between the all-star break and the trade deadline. So you got about 30 games or so before, if you're Kyle Dubas, you really need to slam on the gas as far as making deals at the deadline. And that's plenty of time to evaluate. Heck, we're only 28 games into the season right now. But if you look up, and here's, here's why things need to become more consistent, on the power play specifically, but for this team as a whole. If you look up and you're still right around 500, you're not going to be just two points out of uh, 
wild card spot more than likely in another 30 games. You're going to be four, five, six spots, points, pardon me, four, five, six points out of a wild card spot, which is going to be very hard to make up in the final 26 games, I think it is, 26 games, whatever's left. They played 28 plus 30, 56. No, in the final 20, 22 games or so after the deadline. So they got to figure it out between now and the All-Star break and prove to Dubas that they're worth adding to. Stay right there in the conversation. And then in the intervening games between the break and the deadline, they've got to further his belief that they should be added to. Um, This is a team that can't afford the four and five game losing streaks. Because again, if we're talking about 18 games between now and the All-Star break, a four or five game losing streak is a quarter of that inventory, if we want to call it that. That'll really screw up your ability to start to climb the standings or even stay right where you're at and not lose ground in the wildcard chase. It'll be interesting to see. Again, I, I think because of the power play specifically and the way it's functioned over the last couple of games, I feel good about the power play perhaps fixing some things. We'll see if the depth pieces can start to come along as well. Although it only takes, like, let's say there's, I don't know, nine or 10 guys that end up playing in your bottom six at some point throughout the course of a regular season, okay? It only takes, say, one or two big games from each of those guys to push you in the direction of not worrying about wild card spots, but being in the top three of your division. I mean, look look at Jeff Carter, right? Without Jeff Carter, do they beat Arizona on Tuesday night? I don't know. They might not. But it takes one more game from Jeff Carter like that this year. Not even. Give me one game like that out of a Lars Eller or a Drew O'Connor or a Redeem Zahorna or whoever it may be, and Achari and Nieto when they're healthy. Jansen Harkins had his moment Wednesday night in Montreal. If each of those guys just has one game like that, each of the nine or ten guys that'll spend time in the bottom six at some point has a game while they're in the bottom six where they function as that, whoa, baby, we just won because of that dude. Well, that's going to buy you nine or ten wins. That's a lot over the course of an 82-game season. That's, again, enough to take you from scratching and fighting and clawing in a very stacked Metro division and Eastern Conference wildcard field to, oh, we're in the top three. Okay, we're feeling good. We may even be at, oh, we're within five points of the division leaders, maybe. That's the kind of stuff that can add up over time.